Good day to you all. Hope you find yourself well when you are listening to this. This, by the way, is Generation Tech, and I'm Todd Brinker. I'm joined by my dad, Jack. How you doing today? Doing fine, Todd. Happy Monday as we record. Yeah. Uh, I'm celebrating, as we briefly were talking about before the show, uh, my Packers won last night on the Sunday night game over the... Uh, the Bears, the Bears, which they always seem to throw in, you know, it's like the oldest rivalry in football, you know, over 100 years old now. Um, they don't re- even though they don't really mean anything, there's a whole different staff and players. And- yeah, exactly. It's, you know, nobody <laughs> from that from that first Bears-Packer uh, game is alive. So, you know. Yeah. But we, people my age, of course, have memories back then. Sure. You know? when, when, when I started my first real interest in football, I was in Virginia, so I became a, a, a Seattle, excuse me, Seattle, a D.C. Washington yeah. fan, but it was the Redskins then. Yeah. And, uh, and my boss uh, took myself and another two of my co-patriots mm-hmm. to uh, Washington, D.C. one night and turned out to be a memorable night because at the time that we parked our car in the parking lot and caught a taxi to the game, uh, we didn't notice there was a sign on the door <laughs> of the parking lot, and that is they were closed at midnight. <laughs> uh, and, of course, we were arrived just about 10 minutes too late. And now we had to bail our car out, which took another half hour. Uh, and at that time of night, you want to just get the heck out of here. I know, you know? yeah. It's like, oh, man, my uh, evening's ruined, and now I have to go bail out my car. Yeah. yeah. But anyway... We saw the sign on the door when we came back, you know, closed and the lights are out. And you're like, ah, <laughs> if only we had noticed, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. everybody has, has those moments, you know. Well, we probably could have uh, left the game early. I don't remember if it was a close game or not. Yeah. But, you know, if we'd known we'd had a deadline, we'd at least yeah. tried to meet it, you know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yep, yep, yep. I was watching uh, just a little bit this morning. Uh, NFL Channel has a Good Morning Football morning show, and uh, one of their co-hosts was saying they should just quit putting this game in prime time because it really hasn't been much of a rivalry for several decades. Um, yeah, you know, it's like uh, ever since Rogers has been with the with the uh, uh, Packers. They have been not just beating them, but by an average, they the the Packers win by an average of fourteen points. And uh, and then the the you know decade and change that Brett Favre was there, they beat yeah. the, the Packers beat the Bears by an average of fifteen points. So yeah, so, early in the game, just after I turned it on, I kind of caught the end of a conversation that had something to do with uh, 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 the quarterback. What's his name? Uh, Aaron Rodgers, or you talking about yeah. their quarterback? Rodgers. It sounded like he's it maybe still interested in being traded or. Or get doing something because he he apparently made some comment that uh, he has to just get past some some milestone which is only a few weeks out. He and, signed and a he's, yeah that you, I think you misunderstood what was going on because he signed he he has repeatedly said he plans to retire as a Packer. He signed a like four year extension to his contract, which should get him to the end of his career. So he's oh. not going anywhere. Um, but yeah, I don't know what, what you know what which part you picked up. It was interesting to see that the Bears on their first drive marched all the way downfield against the defense that everybody says is just one of the best in the NFL, 
and mm-hmm. and scored a touchdown, and 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 my my heart sank a little bit there, and it was like uh oh. But then the defense knuckled down and and uh, held Justin Fields to what seventy yards passing for the entire game, and yeah. uh, you know, and they had a great goal line stand that I'm sure everybody in Chicago is saying he made it in, he got robbed. And uh, it, I I was just really impressed with the runners that great yeah. day. Yeah, they've got a one-two punch that is is kind of tough to beat. They've got two guys that um, are uh, really really good. Uh, Jones is is a not only is he a strong power runner, but he's also quick and shifty. So he's just he's just a handful. And then when he needs a rest, they put in um, um, oh shoot, I'm blanking on the other guy's name. And uh, but he's got. Uh, like tree trunks for legs. He just goes one direction and, and mows people over. He kind of reminds me of, um, of, uh, uh, what's his name who used to pl- play for uh, Houston years ago. Um, uh, but he's just, he's just a, you know, yeah. big, big, big 240, 40 mean. pound guy. Um, and, uh, and, and just, you know, and, and most of it's in his hips and his legs and he just powers yeah. right through. Um, so, and that then opens up the passing game, right? So, yep. you know, if, if, if well, people start running and suddenly passing options become available, it, it's absolutely silly to build a team just thinking it's going to be just a passing team or just yeah. a running team. Yeah. You really, it's, you really it's need football both. for a reason because there's different ways to attack the uh, defense, you know? Right. So, yeah. Uh, but if you can keep them off balance by being successful in both phases of the game, yep. um, then, then, you know, you're, you're pretty tough to beat. On a, when both yeah, at least one good runner, but usually you need a couple. Even, even yeah. There. Well, unfortunately, that seems to be you know that used to be a position where the the runners were kind of the stars of the game, and now it's yeah. become the quarterback more than the runners because the runners, let's face it, their careers are not very long. Most of or, those guys they get so beat up that they or as as we get more and more close games, the kickers are getting to be stars of the game. Yeah. Well, you know it's funny because I think still a lot of football players don't consider the kicker a football player. They kind of he's like that other dude. Well, but they, they, Jones, need, they don't get beat up all the time. But yeah, exactly. And yet they, they get the highest scorers salaries. in the history of the league are the kickers. And if you're smart and you've got a good kicker, man, you pay him whatever it takes to keep him. That's <laughs> right. Because he's going to get you more points than anybody else on your team. Period. Yep. yep. Full stop. Yeah, you know, especially those guys that get consistent way out at the edges. You know, yeah, it's interesting because you got a you know an understanding the game too. You know, I remember back when the when the Raiders um, uh, drafted Ray Guy, who was their punter, and he had like a two second longer um, uh, flight time than any other kicker in the in the league, and a ten yard longer average. And they said, yeah, every time we have to punt the ball. We we gain ten yards over the other guy, and he yep. kicks it high enough that our guys can get down there and cover. So there's no returns. That's right. And, and so yeah. it's like well, he know, was the key to the to the Raiders' uh, offense. Yeah, yeah. He really, was he really. was he was a weapon, and most people yep. at that time weren't viewing punters as a weapon. You know, it was like get some guy who can kick. We don't care. Um, you know, a lot of yep. times they were getting like uh, converted soccer players who didn't speak English very well. You know, well, and again, well, he they was a pretty old dude, but before he finally quit, yeah, no, he was, he's hands down the the I think the the best punter in the in the history of the NFL, um, and I'm pretty sure he's in the uh, in the Hall of Fame. Hall if of not, Fame, he, yeah, he should be yeah, because he uh, he literally 
opened eyes. You know, I appreciate teams that um, that look outside the box sometimes and say, "Hey, you know, we're going to jump up and, and draft somebody like a kicker or a punter or or uh, you know some guy who we know is just going to light things up on special teams." And you know, earlier than everybody else thinks, and and it's it's like you know they put some value there, and sometimes that makes a huge difference. You know, yeah. I mean, uh, speaking as a, you know, I'm a Packer fan, and and last year our special teams killed us. Our special teams absolutely killed us, and it wasn't that our our uh, our Mason Crosby, our kicker, was is suddenly got bad, but we had changed long snappers, we changed punters, who's the guy who holds the ball for the kicks for field goals. You know, and in our, our playoff game, we got a punt blocked, and then we got a kick blocked, and it was like timing was off. Everything was just terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we hired uh, a special teams guy away from the Raiders. So hopefully, um, this year so far looks much better, and hopefully it'll continue that way. Well, since this is a technology show, we yeah. can kind of say that these different skills, you know, specialty skill sets, uh, are really the technology of the game. You know, they that, are. That, I mean, that's and, the innovation and certainly so strategy. You get a guy who comes in and, and just yeah. does so much better at a position than somebody else can make a heck of a difference. Yeah, yeah. No, it's 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 the strategy and the 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 gamesmanship of of uh, general managers putting together, you know, those unique skill sets, and then coaches knowing how to apply it, and then obviously yeah. the people who develop those special skills. You know, but. Uh, you know, somebody's got to recognize that and put them on a team and and make it work. Sometimes the so. skill sets just being born lucky to have big bones and oh yeah, and weight and strength and all that. Yeah, you know, you play the game. You these know? linemen are all you know six six and three hundred plus pounds, and and quarterbacks are now you know six two or three as a minimum, and uh, and you know tall lanky guys. Uh, you know, it's just physical size has a lot to do with with success in athletics. Yeah, I don't. You know. I don't think it was the game last night, but one of the games I watched since Thursday, uh, there was a. I'm, I'm bad at remembering names, but anyway, uh, a lineman that really just, you know, the announcer just happened to focus in on him, mm-hmm. and just one after another, man, he was just blowing holes in the line yeah. so that the runner just had to walk through. You know, <laughs> I mean, it was it was amazing. Yeah, yeah, you can make a running back look pretty. Um pretty fantastic if you've got a front line that uh just yeah. runs people over you know yeah. Yeah, the same thing on defense right you know and then they just look to see which way the hole was opening mm-hmm. and you know followed him through it you know? yeah i mean but you can flip that around too on the defense you get a guy over there who's you know i mean lawrence taylor is historic for just just blowing through offenses and you know nailing quarterbacks and they literally yeah. changed the game in terms of uh you know trying to guard the edges against guys like him. You know, and the Rams have Aaron Donald. Um, you know, he's he's 6'1", but he's 280 pounds. Uh, <laughs> well, you know, uh, I like big guys, but I want them to be fast. Or yeah. quick, at least. Yeah. You know? Well, and that's it. You look at Aaron Donald, and he, he's, he's 280 pounds, but that's that's – there's not a whole lot of fat there. He's yeah. he's yeah. 280 pounds of of uh, you know muscle. pretty solid muscle that that uh, tosses people out of the way as he rushes in. Although he was pretty quiet yesterday in the Rams game, um, didn't do a whole lot. So you know you talked about being a um, a Washington fan because you were nearby. You know you were in the military when I was growing up, so I wasn't ever 
you know, in one place a long period of time. I don't even remember how and why I picked the uh, the, the Packers as my team, but they've been my team for years. Um, I've been a fan of the Packers. And there was a period of time back with Kenny Stabler and Fred Bolitnikoff where I was a, a Raider fan. But And I used to joke and say I have a winning team and a losing team. And then they kind of traded places when Brett Favre came along and the Ram, and, and the Packers started winning occasionally. Um, well, I, I was going to say Lombardi. So... You know, yeah, but uh, I mean, Lombardi was was like wait, when I was born. Wait until you wait until you see that statue of him, bronze thing. Yeah, but I didn't become a fan monster. of the Packers because of Lombardi. I mean, his games were won in you know in the sixty one, sixty two. You know, I mean, I was born in sixty two. So I, I know, but he had retired and was still really famous for oh yeah. A long time. Yeah, but I, I just don't know what it was that, that drew me there. But you know, part of it was I think I just decided I was going to pick a team because we didn't. You know, yeah. I knew we we weren't going to stay in one place a long time, so there's no point in in you know bouncing around. And and I kind of liked the Raiders of the '70s too. Like I said, when um, uh, Al Davis kind of uh, uh, turned on kind um, of an outlaw, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. There was a little bit of that, um, you know. But Al Davis was vindictive towards one of his star players, and and that kind of turned me off to the team. So I kind of just said, all right. I'm kind of yeah. done with you people. And then, you know, when they moved to L.A., they also I, – I didn't like that. Um, the outlaw thing had just turned into let's play nasty and be ugly, and I, that I didn't yeah. like either. Yeah. You know, and it turned into people in the in the stands being the same, the same way. way. You know, it's like you didn't even want to go to a Raider game because they were just – it was – you know, yep. you were putting yourself in danger being in the parking lot walking back to your car. And I went, you know what? I am not a fan of that. And so I just kind of focused on the – Packers then exclusively, and uh... well, it's it's nice to have a, a franchise that has a history and stuff. Yeah. For example, uh, I as a kid, uh, I was somewhat a St. Louis fan, but I lived in Kansas, so mm-hmm. it, was, it was a ways away. Uh, but mm-hmm. nevertheless, uh, I love the history of the St. Louis Cardinals. And right. One of I'm the, surprised you didn't say the Kansas we, City Chiefs because even though that's not in Kansas, it says Kansas in the name. <laughs> yeah, it was. But anyway, I graduated from the University of Missouri, mm-hmm. right way between Kansas City and St. Louis. Yeah, and I made a few trips down to St. Louis at the time. But the uh, most exciting thing is when Mom and I first started full time RVing, and we we camped at a campground in right not downtown because that's along the river, but sort of in the center of the city. It was a kind mm-hmm. of amazing thing—a big old parking lot that they had converted to a campground. I was stunned to find it, but it was absolutely the perfect place to go uh, if you're going to see the uh, St. Louis area. Mm-hmm. And we went down and went through their uh, uh, Saint, uh, Cardinals Hall of Fame, I guess. It's mm-hmm. right there at the baseball park. Uh, what's, uh, well, uh, what's uh, the brewery, Anheuser-Busch. Oh, down yeah. There too. So anyway right in the same area of a lot of really nice things to see. And I just absolutely loved their uh, Hall of Fame and Museum of uh, St. Louis Cardinals because it went back to the earliest days uh, uh, of baseball. Mm-hmm. And it, the one that we went to see in, in Los Angeles when we saw the uh, Rams and uh, 
Uh, yeah, they the Dodgers, didn't. They didn't have the much on the. They, they didn't have much on the Rams then because the Rams had just moved back to L.A. But he he had a lot of memorabilia and said they were opening up a Rams wing, and they had a little yeah. bit of it there. But the, they had a ton of Dodger stuff. That was that was a yeah. fun day. Well, and and that one was probably more enjoyable mm-hmm. for me because uh, I was a Dodgers fan back when they were in Brooklyn. However, when they moved to Los Angeles, I just abandoned them. I said, ah, traitors, you know. <laughs> Even I don't know. But anyway, it it had the uh, the old Brooklyn Dodgers, of course, in this museum. So I focused back on that era more because I knew all the players then, and even knew their statistics. You know? Yeah, I memorized the yeah. cards. Well, and the one in L.A. we went to was a a, a private collection <clears throat> as opposed to like the team museum slash Hall right. of Fame. So um, yeah, yeah. yeah and I know you've been to. I know you've been to. Uh, Lambeau Field in the Packer Hall of Fame because uh, you sent me a picture from there, and I've got a, a hat that you sent me that you bought when you were there that was exclusive to the to the on field store, so you couldn't buy it online. So yeah, um, yeah. so you got that, and like I said, as a Packer, fan, I'm actually a Packer owner. Even I I that, wasted the money that, to buy a that share. That was a really nice experience. And you'll so, enjoy that a lot. I, yeah, I, yeah. We're, so, since we're going for a Monday night game, we're going to get there on. Um, uh, I don't know whether we said it, but my brother and I are going to the Packer game, the Packer Rams game in December. And uh, he uh, surprised me on my birthday. And then you uh, gave me the ticket to go. And so it's going to be a, a fun trip for the two of us. And he's a, he's a Ram fan and I'm a Packer fan. So he initially said, yeah, I'm gonna, we're going to go see the Rams. And I, we live down here in Southern California. I was like, cool, we'll go down to the stadium. they got a brand-new stadium here. It'll be fun. <laughs> and, then he go, and then he says, we'll open the second card. And the second card said, yeah, but we're going on the 18th or 19th of December. And it was like, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> so, Bring your coat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, get ready to be yeah. cold. But we, anyway, it's a Monday night game. And so uh, Sunday we have uh, already bought uh, tickets for a uh, a tour of the stadium, uh, tickets to get into the Packer Hall of Fame museum that's there, and then uh, and then it, there's the tickets for a um, like a one hour bus tour around the city of Green Bay, going to like the. Well, that'll take about ten minutes. Yeah, well, I mean, it's it's gonna it's gonna you know it's the thing was is it's going to like where you know the 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 original field when they built Lambeau Field in the fifties. Before that, they played at uh, City Stadium, and that still exists. It's now used by the local high school, and they left the like the there's like an archway entrance at one end that's still there from when the Packers played, and so, um, mm. and and so you know they. We could go do that on our own. You know, you can get a little thing and just kind of travel or drive around. But we figured it's going to be December and it's going to be cold and snowy. And, you know, we yeah. both want to be able to look, not have to worry about. Because one of us is, if you, one of us would have to focus on making sure the car stayed on the road. You know, right. and I don't, I don't have any issues driving in inclement weather. I've done that before. You know, I lived in Pennsylvania. I lived in Pittsburgh for a few years. So I can do that, but it, I won't get, I wouldn't get to see. And, right. You know, so it's like, yeah, let somebody drive the the trolley bus around uh, while we we just be, you know, goofy, uh, um, do the enjoying uh, tourists and and do yeah, exactly. So so anyway, um, so we did collect a few things about uh, our traditional technology for today too. Um, a lot of them circle around um, the iPhone stuff. You know, iPhones started, uh, I guess, Friday. They started um, actually being shipped or arriving to people, and you could pick them up in stores. 
And so there was a lot of conversation around that. Um, uh, you shared several different articles. I shared one from uh, John Gruber on his Daring Fireball um, uh, blog. And, you know, he is such a good writer that he makes it interesting to read um, as yeah. you kind of go through um, – you know, he, he not only covers a lot, I think, of the importance of the different things, you know, the differences or what's new in the new phones and, and why you might want to get them. But he also just he just writes well. So you enjoy reading that. And it's, uh, yeah. And, and, and I like the fact that he, he uh, of all the features, he picked out those that are, he thought were really significant. Right. Yeah. Focused on those right at the top of the article. So that gets you into the. Right. Yeah. He didn't just throw out here's everything. He said, well, here's the. He, I think he basically said initially that there's two things that he felt were fairly significant um, moves forward. And I think he made a really good case for the uh, dynamic island being sort of a game changer in phone interfaces in that it, mm -hmm. they have found a, a really intuitive way of multitasking on the phone. And they still haven't found a good way to do that on the iPad. I would not be a bit surprised and if they do what he had said here, which is move it to the iPad, but instead of wrapping it around the um, the uh, the camera, camera. cluster, yeah. just put the little thing on the on the iPad, and that way, then when you turn the iPad in landscape mode, you can just put it at the top of the screen there too. It's because it's not covering anything up. I think yeah. the dynamic island can be a game changer because it makes it real easy and very intuitive to understand something is going on in the background. Well, it's always good when you say that when you pick up something and it, you're, it didn't take but just a few tries and you were into it and understood it. So mm -hmm. it's easy and intuitive to pick up. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, uh, and so that's always good. Yeah, I think and, they have solved uh, the issue of, hey, I've got multiple things happening on my multitasking handheld computer uh, and and really made it easy and intuitive to understand how that works. There's, nobody has to sit down and explain it to you. It's it's clear and obvious how it works. And uh, and it, yeah, I, it, it may have this whole thing may have been triggered by trying to hide uh, that cutout uh, mm -hmm. sensors. But uh, that's a peripheral thing now. It's yeah, yeah. It's a feature on it all by itself. Well, and it's know? it's it's you know it's a, a sneaky good way that they kind of stumbled into it, right? It's like, hey, let's figure sure. out how to kind of use this space. I think it probably started out with like well, we've got a cluster on the left that's two things, and we've got one on the right that's one. So we basically have a circle and an oval. Mm -hmm. Well, how about we? black out the space between them to make it a little bit larger oval. And then we can use that space between them for information. And mm -hmm. so like the little green light or the little red light that pops on, if your audio or your camera is being used uh, now sits in between those two, which is awesome. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, that, that space, that dynamic space that they've created there uh, just is really, it's, it's pleasant and, and, um, and, you know, intelligent in how it's applied. And you start music playing, it goes to the top, it goes... By the way, I have been hands-on with these. I did go to the Apple Store on Saturday. And, oh, you did? And played with them, yeah. And um, uh, Apparently, there's a hardware involvement in this. That's why they're not going to be backward compatible. Well, you know, also, the it's, it's, it's the space of the the little 
what they call the I'm already forgotten what they called. They never really did call the notch. They didn't give it a name, but it's the notch in the top of the uh, all right. the pre-existing phones. Um, there there are no active pixels above it or anything, so there's no way to it. It would be more difficult to make that look intuitive and and flowy. Whereas right. when you're looking at it on the actual device, it does not look like there's cameras or anything in there. And they hide, I mean, they don't use that space where they are, obviously, because there's no pixels there. They just leave it black. And if you turn it at a certain angle, you can see the light and you can see that there's a camera lens there and there's a, you know, you can see it. But they mm-hmm. hide it so well uh, that you just don't even realize that, that, that there are and, cameras there. And the other thing that was a big part of it was also the uh, 120. Uh, cycles versus a 60 cycle refresh mm-hmm. so that it made it real smooth it said. i i you know a lot of people really think there's a huge difference there and i just don't see it that much yeah. you know i mean i understand it's supposed to be there and 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 especially for like on an ipad when you're using a pencil uh-huh. you want the thing that you're drawing underneath the pencil which you're moving around fairly quickly to not look laggy it's got to look like you're actually drawing right on that surface Right. And so for there, the 120 refresh rate, hertz refresh rate, I think is is really important. Everywhere else, I go, meh, you know, yeah, maybe the, the animations are a bit smoother. You know, like when you're scrolling on an iPhone and you reach the bottom of a list or the top of a list or, or a page or something, you know how it has that little, like, rubber bandiness that, like... I, I think that that's only something you, you can determine by actually trying to do it both ways. And then they probably look at this and say, right. this is not good enough for Apple. Yeah, yeah, or they just said this is this is better, and it's a way we can differentiate between devices right now. Right. You know, they make business decisions, and uh, but what I was saying is, you know, that that bounciness is the same kind of smooth, like you know, that little boing that at, when you reach the bottom of a list and things, and that bounces back. It's yeah. sort of the same kind of motion that this uh, that the dynamic island has, in that things kind of like snatch or snap. Well, and, and they call and, it dynamic because while it's uh, and some of the things, I guess, it, it goes changes shapes. It, it changes sort of morphs itself into the new thing when you go. Yeah, and it's it's it sort of has like two shapes, basically. Yeah. I mean, it can have three, I guess. If you have two things running in the background, it can have a dot and a and a and a bubble, um, or a or a pill shape thing. But mm-hmm. it it gets wider. So in order to put some some control surfaces there, and if you tap on them, it'll take you right to the app that's running. If you do a long press on them, it'll then take that little dynamic island and it'll get larger, I would say maybe the top quarter or top third of the phone. And then that space gives you controls uh, for like for like when music is playing, you get a, a the bar that scrolls across that tells you where, how far you are into the, the song or, or podcast that you are in. And then it has a a pause, play forward, backward, you know? Um, so you can do that without actually launching the app if you do a long press. Um, yeah. So basically you get the, you get the, that size of that thing it morphs into is depending on the app, right? I would, I would presume so in the, and I haven't played around with enough different apps. You know, I didn't, I would, again, it was just there in the store, um, to see if the, um, you know, if that, that when you do the long press and you get the controls, those are going to be dependent on whatever app was running. Right. And so the size of that space is probably going to vary based on whatever that app is. And I think as we get more and more apps that take advantage of, using the dynamic island, then you will get, um, you know, that 
a, a better feel for what that is and, and how it works. Uh, yeah. It is pretty cool, though, that if you used the um, the Apple API for uh, audio control, that your mm-hmm. app automatically works in the island. You know, so it doesn't matter if you're using the Apple's podcast app or anybody else's podcast app or any kind of music app or any anything that uses the pause, play, forward, backward controls just automatically works in the island. Yeah. Um, so so they don't launch it with like only a few things that work there. Um, so unlike the uh, the what was it? Remember their their laptops for a long time. I guess they still sell one had that uh, touch surface above the keys instead of function keys. Yeah. Um and that's been kind that was kind of a, a flop. It never really caught on. I mean a few few manufacturers built some some additional control surfaces there. I know Photoshop did, but um but not a lot did and they've started phasing it out of their newer devices. Um this I think will be something that people will immediately go, Oh yeah, that makes perfect sense. Let's take advantage of that and and start customizing How, it for however, themselves. However, I, I don't think it was this article, but another article I read on the same topic sort of indicated that Apple's interested in getting this to all future devices mm-hmm. uh, because uh, otherwise they might not get, if they don't make that announce or have, if people don't understand that right away, they right. might not want to do the development for adding this feature. Which was the problem with their keyboard thing is I think yeah. that they didn't, you know, it was only on the pro devices. It was never on the, on the Mac, uh, on the air that touch, I, what do they call it? Touch bar. You know, it was never on their most popular laptop. And right. so a lot of manufacturers went, well, you know, we don't have to support it. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, so there's that fine line of like, hey, this is something cool and special. And, hey, this is something we want everybody to support. And so, yeah, I think I think that you're absolutely right. I think next year it'll be in all the devices. Um, but uh, that doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to have to go to the 120 hertz screens and stuff on all of the devices, too. I think that they can probably do it without that. My personal feeling, but well, the you know. uh, the impression that I got in discussion about that is just a production issue right now that they can't get enough 120 uh-huh. uh, screens uh, and stuff. So yeah. until that resolves itself, you know, it's hard to say. What, well, what I, I suspect that we're going to see that the the pro uh, devices from now on are going to have the newest chip. And I think they're, they're, that they're going to switch to that. I mean, I think that the reason for doing it initially was because of production capability and, you know, factory problems with COVID and, you know, there's a whole yeah. lot of stuff. But I think they're, they're, they're going to look at that and go, hmm, that makes a lot of sense. Why don't we just keep doing it? Um, you know, although, quite frankly, I think, you know, as, as uh, you know, Gruber says in his article, and it's been printed lots of places, the iPhone 14, the non-pro model, is really not much different than the iPhone 13. I mean, there's, yeah, it's yeah. very and subtle. This, this article basically really, oh, well, he basically says, why why would anyone not buy the Pro for a couple hundred dollars more? Right. You get so much more, you know? Right. And the, the you know, the iPhone 13 is $100 less. So you could save save money and still buy the iPhone 13, which is still being sold. Um, yeah. You know, and so I can understand why if you're buying, if you're looking at a phone and your budget was, you know, kind of that for the iPhone 14 that you would just go, no, I'm going to get the 13. I don't think you'd miss the difference one way or the other and you'd save a hundred bucks in your pocket with the one exception. If you want the big screen, that's never been available until the 14 
on the on the standard mine line, right? So you had to spend the most amount of money to get the Pro Max. Well, now right. you're going to be able to get the the largest screen on the basic camera, and so you know, and that the, I wasn't able to see any of those because those don't start shipping until next week or week after, two weeks, I guess, the sixth of uh, of uh, October. So, yeah. so. Uh, you know, we got a little time before we see those. But if you wanted a big screen, but you didn't want to spend the what eleven hundred dollars or a thousand, yeah, it was basically eleven hundred dollars to buy the um, the uh, the big screen. Now you don't have to spend that much. Yeah. You know? So it's like okay, well, you know that makes sense because there is no equivalent at the at the iPhone thirteen size. <clears throat> and for those who want the mini. Who liked the mini phone? If they want it smaller, the iPhone 13 mini is still available, and it's you know the cheapest iPhone 13 that you can get, and uh, and it's really no in in for the most part there's no really substantial differences between that and the iPhone 14, and you can still get it in the small size if that's what you really want. I mean, what they pick up? They picked up a, a one core in the GPU, right? So yeah. in, in the 13, the Pros had a 5-core GPU, and the standard phones had a 4-core GPU uh, and the A15 chip. And now the 14 standard phones have the same chip, the A15, and the 5-core GPU from last year's Pro. Right. <clears throat> well, and, and then when you compare it with the uh, Pro models, which also have the always-on display, which is attractive to me, uh, right, especially the way he described it, like it doesn't really look like it's off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know? you know, I didn't quite understand that either, though, because it it's it's like the um, the watch in that it when you when you put it to the um, uh, at least from what I saw when you put it to the you know the closed screen, which is the quote always on screen, it stays mm-hmm. that way for a minute and then it dims down quite a bit. So I don't quite understand why they're saying he didn't mention two levels, did he? No, and but I saw it, and it was like, okay, the dimmed down one is dimmed down quite a bit. Oh. Um, so I, I'm not quite sure, and, and he's not the first person who's talked about it as if it was like too bright because it doesn't stay too bright very long. It goes, to, and maybe that's a setting. Maybe the dim, you know, when they ship it out to the um, to the testers, mm-hmm. they crank that up. You know, yeah. Um, I don't know. Well, possibly. I, yeah. I don't know, but I, it sounds like it's if it doesn't really substantially affect the battery life, right? Uh, you know, may, they probably put better batteries in it, but just did sacrifice better battery life for this new feature, right? Well, yeah. and again, part of that that new screen is not only that it goes 120 hertz, but they can also step it down to one hertz. So it only yeah. refreshes once a second, you know, instead of multiple yeah. times. So it, it that saves a ton of energy. It really does. Yeah, uh, yeah, sure. Which is, you know, that's also that's been on the watch like for a while, right? Right. Well, and that's why <laughs> they one hundred and twentieth. I mean, <laughs> and that well, and that's why the the watch um, has had that for quite a while, you know. So they tested yeah. it and got it refined and got it all working the way they wanted to. After doing it on the watch for a few years, and now so, they've said, so they okay, know how to deal with it. Now. now we can move it up to the bigger screen, um, you know. And if it's like the watch, I suspect the amount that it dims probably has to do with the amount of ambient light in the space, mm-hmm. you know. So it dims more in dark places than it does in bright places, 
because if it dimmed all the way down in bright places, it looked like it was off. Yep. So, so anyway, I think that um, I, I don't disagree with him. I think that if you if you're gonna if you're looking for a new phone this year, it doesn't make any sense not to stretch and get the pro. You know, and if that's just a, a bridge too far, then buy the 13 and save yourself some money. Yeah. You know, um, well, you know, I, you, you do until get the better I read this article, I had been saying, I'm not interested in ever getting a new phone, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> but when you read about some of these new features, it gets you, gets you going, you know, well, some of them are fairly significant. I think that, you know, we've talked about the, the dynamic island. Um, now, something that the 14 does have over the 13 is that new um, stabilization, the, uh, what do they call it, active mode. Um, so if you shoot yeah. video, uh, that can be fairly significant, especially if you're yeah. shooting video of, like, you know, little kids or pets and things where you're going to be, like, shaking the camera all over the place. It's basically a digital gimbal that really, really works well um, from all uh, things that I've read and, see, you know, videos that I've seen, examples that I've seen. And so... Um, um, I think, you know, that is one reason to get the 14 is if you shoot a lot of video or you have young kids because, um, you know, people want to shoot video of their kids and the better that's going to yeah. look. <laughs> you you don't want to be the person watching the dizzying, shaking camera, um, you know, 20 years from yeah. now. And then, and then there's the eSIM thing. That's big for people who travel a lot. Yeah, although the eSIM is uh, available in the 13. It's just not required. It's been available since, I think, the iPhone 10. Uh, you pay for more for it or what? No, no. It's just that, that you had the option of using an eSIM in those phones. It's just that oh. the 14 is the first one where they just said no more options. It's built in. Uh, and, you know, initially there was a lot of people saying that, you know, if you travel, having the eSIM only phone is going to be a problem because the way that you get a local phone contract was you go to a kiosk and you just buy a, a, a new SIM chip and but, stick but it in. But the way he explained this is you can sit here and buy enough for eight different eSIMs in the phone at the same time and have right. it all set up. for. And you can do it all online before you even leave your house. So, right. you know, so, or, or so. you know, do it en route. I mean, you know, it's... Yeah, I think sounds like a problem to solve. Yeah, I, I course, don't think. Of course, if you're the guy who travels to ten countries every time you take your trip. Yeah, by. well, but you can delete one and put a new one in. I mean, the same yeah. thing. It just means <laughs> you've got eight in your, your, you know, in holding, ready to go. Yeah, I yeah. thought I thought that the 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 explanation of that was, you know, it was like, well, but here's how we do it, and I'm like, well, that's how you did it. <laughs> Doesn't mean that there isn't a better way, and certainly, you know, not having to go to a kiosk and stand in line and. Uh, and try to figure out which chip is the right one to buy while you're standing there is not as good of experience as being able to spend some time even before you travel and figuring out what's the best deal and buying it and having it sitting there waiting in your machine to activate. So, yeah. Yeah. And, and uh, th- then the business of the, the, the silicon in here, he used it as the title, is that... Uh, uh, They've got so much smarts in the software now that they can do that uh, low-light photo stuff because they got the photonic engine in here. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's a mass of features that by themselves would say, gee, I, I would never spend, you know, there $1,000 to go get something like that. But, but you, when you add them all up, yeah, you, you pretty soon think, hey, this is, this is really cool. Yeah. Well, and again, it's it's not like you buy these things, you know, annually. You you, you tend to no. buy them. Most people buy them in. I think I read somewhere it was three to four years is the is the 
turn turn around on phones for most people now. Well, I always look for things for like this, which I call almost a big step. Yeah. Almost. Yeah. There's, like, there's what's the game things. changer, right? Why? Why is you know this thing better than than what I've got before? You know, and a lot of times it's like, well, it's a better camera. I'm like, yeah, my camera's yeah. already pretty good. You know, and literally yeah. every year they say, well, it's a better camera. So you know, being a better camera than last year. Who cares? But, you know, being a better camera than five years ago, okay, you've probably made some steps since then. And certainly, right. uh, you know, the idea of going to a uh, the 48-megapixel the sensor, uh, and apparently, even if they use just the 12-megapixel center pixels, those are larger pixels in a larger area than the old 12-megapixel sensor was. So, right. So it's a better sensor all the way around, not just more pixels. Right. I liked his discussion near the end of the article about weight, though, too. I absolutely agree with that. And and, and for those who, who haven't read uh, the Daring Fireball blog, he, he talks about, you know, that they have for a while now put their premium phones in a stainless steel wrapper, and then their non-pro phones have been in aluminum. And the aluminum is a lot lighter. It's much more comfortable to carry around, and it's a significant difference. Um, I prefer a lighter phone too. One of my favorite phones ever. I'll never forget when I bought the iPhone five, uh, we were traveling up North to visit our daughter and we stopped at, or actually I think we were taking her up there, uh, at the beginning of the school year. And, uh, we, we stopped at a mall. She wanted to buy some clothes or something. And I was invited to not stay with them because they were buying skinny leg jeans or they had, I don't know if that's what they were buying, but they were on sale and I was, making jokes about skinny legs and, and, and I was invited to leave. And so, (laughs) so I went wandering in the mall and lo and behold, this mall had an Apple store. And the, I think the Friday before they had just started selling the new iPhone fives. And so I walked into this mall in Modesto, I think it was, and said, well, I don't suppose you have any of these. And the guy goes, yeah, which ones you want? (laughs) So I remember (laughs) calling my wife on my iPhone four and saying, Hey, they have new phones. I'm going to buy them. What color do you want? And uh, But the funniest thing was I picked up the phone that was there, and it was so light and comfortable in my hand. I turned to the guy and said, is this just a, a, you know, a demo model or is this the actual phone? And he goes, oh, that's the phone. I couldn't believe how light it was compared to my iPhone 4 because the iPhone 4 had a stainless steel band around the outside and, mm. and was heavy, and the iPhone 5 was all aluminum. And, and mm. camphored edges, and it was just, it was, or chomfered edges. And it was so light, I didn't think it was the real phone. And I loved yeah. that phone. The iPhone 5 was an awesome phone. Um, yeah. I loved the 5, I loved the 7. Um, those are probably my two favorite phones from Apple. But, uh, but yeah, you know, it's, the weight is a big deal. These phones keep getting bigger and heavier. It's like, you know, if I'm wearing like uh, jogging shorts or something, I got to tie the, the the waistband tight, otherwise the phone pulls my pants down. And it's like, <laughs> so yeah. I'm hoping, like he said, that if they're going to make the premium phone, that they move to what they're using for the sport watch now, uh, the the ultra, and and that is move the frames to titanium because then it's, you know, upscale from aluminum, aluminium, and it's uh, and it's lighter. I'd like to see this phone that Gruber has. He's really sold on the black uh, phone. Is it black slate or mm. I think it was 
Yeah, like I thought the black phones were pretty too. If I were getting one, that's what I'd get. Yeah, you know, I didn't. I thought the purple just looked. I, I totally agree. They call it deep purple, and that's the least deep purple I've ever seen. Uh, it 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 looks pastelly, and and like he said, in some light, it looks gray in this Apple store. Huh. Uh, and Apple stores are well lit. I just didn't think it was. I thought it was a waste of of waste but, of, but of I like coloring black too. So I thought I'd. Yeah. And historically, I've liked the silver ones because I figured if they get nicked and dinged, what they're going to show is silver nicks and dings. And on a silver one, you wouldn't notice that. Um, But this this was not a shiny phone at all. I I don't know what slate is kind of a gray. Well, the back the back is a non shiny glass that is black. And then the edges around it are a shiny um, black uh, stainless steel. So the it's the band around the outside of the phone is is a shiny black. Um, it's a very pretty phone, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, and so yeah, that, uh, of the colors. I mean, there's but, there's but you had to you had to get it was a stainless steel regardless. In order to get the if you, you if you wanted pro, you went to stainless steel. Period. Yeah. yeah. If you you know if you get the the non pro yeah. phones, then they are um, available in. Um, um, Aluminum, and so they're lighter. Yeah, well, I, I, I think titanium is an option, except that that's pricier. He didn't show the prices. Yeah, but, you know, they're metals. making a, a ton of money. So uh, I suspect that they will uh, be happy to, you know, bump the prices <laughs> up a little bit next year and then give you that option, right? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, because they've got the, the deep purple, which is anything but... They've got silver and black and then gold, mm-hmm. you know, and the gold looked okay, but you know, I don't know. It's, it's clearly not real gold. You're not fooling anybody. So, you know, I didn't see the point. It basically was a yellow phone to me, you know? Um, <laughs> so I was like, well, I don't really like yellow and the purple looks horrible. So it's between silver and black um, for me anyway, you know? It's funny how they do have a tendency on their non-pro phones every year to make those the, you know, to offer more color options there that look interesting. But this year, those were all pastelli as well. You know, there was like a very light blue, uh, a light purple that was even lighter than the deep purple pros. They have a, a midnight, which is a dark, dark blue. It's almost black. Uh, Starlight, which is sort of a off silver. <laughs> And then, mm-hmm. and then a red phone, the product red phone. Um, so, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. I I get put an article right under yours that's uh, very similar to uh, to the yours article, although they accept they, they're one article for each feature. Oh, uh-huh. you know, sort sort of broke it out a little bit different. Yeah, but but uh, <clears throat> they. Uh, they're the ones who talked about future phones using that uh, dynamic island. Mm-hmm. It was a necessity. I think that's where I got that. Yeah, well, it makes sense if they really want people to develop for it. Now, I don't know. You know, I've not looked at the, the, the uh, you know, dynamic island kit. So I don't know how difficult it is to take advantage of that as a developer. Um, I mean, obviously, if you're doing audio stuff, you already get to take advantage of it. So it looks like it's fairly easy, but we'll, you know, time will tell whether or not that's a, uh, yeah, you know, a, a major effort 
put forth on the part of developers or whether it's something that can be done pretty quickly and easily. That has a lot to do with whether it gets implemented or not as well. Um, but certainly developers want to create things that take advantage of, you know, uh, they want to delight their users and, and enhance, entice them to buy their products. But they also want that to be as big an audience as possible. And so adding features <laughs> that only only affect, you know, a certain percentage of the audience is not something yeah. that developers are inclined to do. I think you'll see that develop everywhere. And quite honestly, I think you'll even see it go to the uh, to the iPad um, in some he, form or he, function. Gruber kind of poo-pooed on the Mac, though. Yeah, he didn't think it would happen on the Mac. And I'm not sure I necessarily agree with him. I could see how, how that would uh, work. Um you know, it's well. He he kept coming back to the uh, cursor thing, uh, you know, getting in the way of working correctly. Right, sure. in that the cursor would disappear when it goes underneath yeah. the um, the uh, uh, underneath so the, the 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 cameras. But the thing it, is, on the iPad and on the on the on the Mac, the cameras don't have to impinge on the screen they can they can put them above now right now yeah. they're they're in a notch on the on the mac they're not on the ipad right. you know? so they can put a faux uh uh dynamic island on ipads easily on the uh, on a mac you know i i don't know that it would wig people out in fact quite frankly the way it's designed is the places that you like on the phone the places that you you go to touch to activate the dynamic island to to uh, either you know do the long touch to get a larger control area or tap to go to the app mm-hmm. those are very clearly defined on either end of the dynamic island so you know you wouldn't go and click in them in the middle anyway and if you did and your your mouse disappeared for a half second you just slide it over to the right or to the left to click on the part that you wanted to the icons are not over the cameras so I have I disagree with them I think it works fine with pointing surfaces. Uh, like the Mac yeah. or the or the iPad. Well, sometimes you do tend to lose the the arrow mm-hmm. uh, somewhere. You know, you just don't know where it is on the screen. So, natural reaction is I just shake it, move. You know, right? Shake the mouse and you find it. You know. Yeah, you and shake the mouse same. one, and there's a function too where you shake the mouse and the the mouse cursor like grows to four times its size real, right. and then it shrinks back down as soon as you stop shaking it. So, so yeah. You know, I mean, it's it, there's already ways to find lost mice, and having a small little section at the top where your mouse might go behind a camera or something uh, uh, uh. is not a not a deal breaker. I don't think. I, I I just don't think that would change anything. I think the dynamic island would work fine on mm-hmm. something that has a precision pointing device, like a, a you know a mouse or a touchpad. Um, so I I would love to see it spread across everything. I think it's it's that big of a deal. Well, by the way, now that now that you've downloaded the, the thing, have you played with any of the new features on your phone, or do you dis, are you disqualified like I am from most of the significant stuff? No, mine works fine. I I haven't had any well, issues with it. You know, with sixteen point one, the the little battery thing is supposed to come back for you guys too. The battery percentage. Yeah. So I don't know why they didn't initially put it in like the older and the non-pro phones, but apparently they did. No, but I, I was going to say of uh, uh, my email to you, I have a one here. Uh, let's see, 
16 features and changes exclusively to newer iPhones. Well, I went in there and found out that all of the major upgrades are not for my phone. They start the next mm-hmm. model up. I'm, I have a 10. Right. I was going to say, and for for reference, you have a, an iPhone 10, the first phone with Face ID. Um, yeah. I have an 11 Pro. So yours qualify for, yeah. lots, for most of these things. Yeah. Well, it's funny because it seems like the differentiating factor in a lot of them was not um, not the year as much as it was. Is it pro or not pro? And then uh, and then it was year. You know. Yeah, so. but you and I always get the pro models. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I, I mean, even, the year I you just got discount it. Discount those others. I, I say doesn't say pro. Who cares? Right. Well, the year you got <laughs> it, they didn't have a pro. The ten was the pro because it was sold with the eight, which was the old uh, touch touch ID phone. It was the last of the touch ID phones. So you've got a Touch ID phone, and uh, and then uh, or, or you you, you Face could, ID. You could, you got the Face ID phone, the first Face ID yeah. phone. So um, and that, like you said, that was a game changer. Big difference in the phone, right? Yeah. Um, yep. So let's see. Lifting of subject out of images. Um, oh, you can't do that. No. Huh. I haven't even tried. I don't know if I can or not. I would assume that I probably can. So uh, that, that's why I was kind of anxious to see what you thought of the new features because yeah. I couldn't try them. <laughs> yeah, I haven't done that. talks about a dictation experience. Um, I don't really dictate. You can dictate and, t- and t- type at sort of the same time. Uh-huh. You know? I haven't tried to well, do that. Whatever works best for you. Live captions and video calls. Um, I haven't done that. So, so let's see how many of these things. The battery, battery percentage in the status bar. Um, yeah, for some reason, only a few of the older phones, they let that ha- go up. But apparently in 16.1, um, they're going to include everything from the 10 on in that. So, yeah, yeah there's nothing stopping you from doing it. I don't understand why they didn't put it in the first so, release. Anyway, here I was kind of anxious to get the new upgrade. And I upgraded and it says, Gee, what's new? <laughs> yeah. Nothing works. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, the lock screen is significantly different. That was the first thing that uh, uh, my wife noticed was that uh, she said the um, – she goes like, hey, the, they, they they changed the way the time looks. And I said, oh, yeah, and there's a lot more there too. And she goes, oh, mm-hmm. you know. And so I showed her how to kind of, you know, pick what goes in there, and that's still kind of limited to the widgets. Um, but it was like, you know – you can pick which data is important to you to be able to see on your lock screen. But if you don't have an always on screen, that's less valuable to you. Yeah. So anyway, uh, so basically what we're saying is in looking at this article, I have not yet tried uh, hardly any of the iOS 16 upgrades. Uh, because they're not something that I do, you know. I mean, I haven't I haven't gone and done anything special to go through and try new stuff that much. So yeah, yeah. Well, um, I do have the battery percentage showing at the top. Um, I like that, but when the the trade off is is that if you show the battery percentage on the battery icon, then the the battery icon is solid green and it doesn't go down as the battery goes down uh it, oh. d- it does turn red when it goes under 20 percent but other than that it stays uh solid green and so you know the the tech if i don't have my glasses on i can't read the battery percentage in that battery because it's that small if i have my glasses yeah. on i can see it just fine so the question is 
what's more valuable to me, seeing the little bar go down? Because I can tell if the bar is big or small, glasses or no glasses. You know. Well, my view on that is, is that I think they're just they got the space, so they're, they're so they're using it. They're, they're yeah. both everything well, they, is quite small, and so but you don't need but re- really but one. And right. I, I, my preference well, would be put the percentage. You and you, you can pick whichever one you want. They had taken it away and just just had the graphic for a while, which meant that you yeah. had to then pull down to the control center to see the percentage, and yeah. a lot of people complained. So what they did is they added it back in and said, now you can pick whichever one you want. Oh, okay. You can, you can either have just the battery bar getting larger or, or smaller based on the charge, or you can show the percentage. But, that that makes sense. It, it doesn't matter to me, and people will always want one or the other, right. no matter what you do, so sure. it's good to give them choice give them the option you know and and prior to the uh iphone 10 they did both because without the notch there there was more real estate up there and they put the percentage next to the battery so the battery was a bar and then the percentage was right next to it but now Mm -hmm. it's too tight for that to go on because of the dynamic island and the and the notch and so they said well we can put it right on top the battery but if we then make the battery a, a, a dynamic bar showing you the, the, you know, like the gas gauge of how much juice you got, as it goes down, the percentage becomes illegible when it's printed over the top of it. So, so you know, they said, well, it's going to be either or, but we'll let you pick. You know, if you really uh, think it's tight space, I would say the uh, one good answer would be don't put anything up there until you're down to, to uh, 10 percent. Yeah. You know? Yeah, you could do that too, you know, but then a lot of people would lose their minds. You know, I it's know, funny because I, I thought there was way more uh, written about this and spoken about this than, than the warrants for a battery indicator. It's like, you know, it's like it's a battery indicator. You know, your phone works until it doesn't. And if you think you're getting low, it's nice to be able to glance down and see. And well, you should like decide it. how that information is presented. I the gas gauge in my car. Yeah. I don't do anything until it's below a quarter of a tank. Right. When so gets, the whole thing, the display means zip to me until yeah. it gets to that point. Yeah. If you wanted to do me a favor, what you should do is let me decide when the trigger point is. Yeah. You know, let yeah. me, because right now it starts telling you that your battery's low at like 20%. You know, yeah, and it's well, like uh, I might want know, it to be fifteen, or I might want it to be thirty. You know, yeah, but but if you know you're going to be away from power for a half hour, you know, then you kind of want to know, you right? Know? Yeah, but that's why I'm saying I should be able to set the trigger because there's times when it's more important to me than others. That, yeah. You know, it, uh, it, sometimes I may be going well. You know, I'm almost home. I don't need to. I don't need to get gas to get home. Other times. Right. It's like, uh, I better make sure because tomorrow morning I'm going to need a full tank. So I need, you know, so I yep. need to know, you know, I should be allowed to, to, to control what information it is that I get and how I get it. Yeah. So anyway, it's, it's one of those things when you need it, you really need it. And when you don't. Yeah. Eh, you know. Yeah. Well, I say that, you know, it's funny too, because then there'd be some guy who says, well, tell me when it's at 1%, which means, you know, it's going to go for about five <laughs> minutes and shut down. <laughs> And then they're going to complain, well, you know, I set it to 1%, and then it died, and I didn't get it have time to get it charged up. And it's like, well, yeah, but you set it to 1%, you idiot. You know, I was like, so I can see Apple going like, yeah, no, I'm not going to let you guys set the trigger, because if I do, then somebody's going to Well, it's like our last week's meeting. I, I was at 1% when I finally powered down, you know. Yeah, yeah. No, last week when we were recording, yeah, you were, like, almost out of juice. <laughs> Which enticed me to get this adapter, which is kind of a strange 
thing. It, it does work, but you just have to know its quirks. Yeah. I and, was surprised, quite honestly, that it was dedicated two ports, one for audio and one for charging. I just figured it would be a USB pass-through, and you could use either one for either. It didn't matter. But that's not the case. No, it's not. That, that And I, I, I guess they were just chintzy about what, how many wires they wanted to run down here, you know? <laughs> that's all it mm-hmm. can amount to, right? You just yeah. all the signal wires, or you just put the power stuff. Right. Well, there's probably got to be some smarts back where the two wires combine in order to deal with two signals, right? Yeah, but but the thing that uh, was really kind of confusing was it 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 basically it supports the uh, inline switch that I have on my headphone for increasing and decreasing volume you know, that I hear in my headphone. Right. But it indicates the way it was written on the box. That was the only documentation that was fit on the box. It wasn't much. It it, it sounded like there was a switch or up and down switch on the adapter itself. And there is, there are no, there are no controls on the adapter. It's just that it supports passing through those kind of controls, you know? Yeah. they, They wanted it to sound like it was more than it was, I think. Yeah, I don't. I don't like that kind of advertising. Leave leave it off there. You're not providing the feature, you know. Yeah, it was it was funny because you sent me a picture of the box, and you're right. It was minimal at best. It really was, oh yeah. It was like oh okay. Yep. We kind of do that. And huh? I didn't get the cheapest one of these things either. There were some started around fifteen, sixteen bucks, and it went up. I gave twenty one or twenty two bucks for this thing. Yeah. You know? And for that price, you'd think they could afford to print a little paper in there that said more than than uh, yeah. what it said on the box. Yeah, it, there was I not mean, a whole lot of direction going on there. It was. I mean, it's not like a little adapter needs needs a lot though either, you know. But, yeah, well, and it was fairly obvious. I mean, it was labeled. You know, plug in your uh, yeah. uh, your uh, your headphones here. Plug in your power there, and that was kind of it. So, so they, <laughs> I mean, it's a valid question to say, what kind of dummy are you that you need a yeah. page of instructions for an adapter? Yeah. <laughs> so I guess I see it both ways, you know. Uh, yeah. You know, it's uh, funny. I'm looking at the Apple website, and they don't appear to sell a uh, USB-C splitter. Oh. I, I don't see one. I mean, I'm doing, I did a search on their web page for USB-C splitter, and it gave me three pages, and none of them... I uh, should have looked on their site first, because generally, when I go to buy things for Apple, I like to have it something that the Apple store sells, which right. means they've checked, they've tested it, or they yeah. wouldn't... It's going to work right, and it's going to work right pretty much all the time. Yeah, yeah. I'm with Otherwise, you. Otherwise, it's pretty iffy. The market out there is flaky, and... Yeah. Things like this. Yeah. No, I agree. And, That's why and, I was... And there's there's way too many businesses out there who will say, oh, I'll sell this even if it doesn't work because people are too lazy to send it back. And yeah. unfortunately, they're right. Yeah. No, it's a business model. You know, if it's something that costs less than 20 bucks, a lot of people are like, it's not worth the hassle. I'm not one of them, but <laughs> there are people who are, who are that <laughs> way. Yeah. Well... Well, you know, I mean, Apple and Amazon, honestly, they make it pretty easy to return things. So it's not, you know, you have to right. be pretty, like, 
I, either you don't have a whole lot of value, uh, you, you know, the, the the dollar amount is just not enough to to cause you any stress or strain whatsoever, or, or you're just you know too too lazy to do it because it's it's pretty darn easy. I mean, all you have to do is go back yeah, and I click can, on I your can have a pretty good meal for twenty bucks. Yeah, yeah, for twenty bucks I can buy you know three and a half gallons of gas. <laughs> <laughs> Almost uh, four. Hmm. So, yeah, that's a sad statement, isn't it? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, I'm surprised that I don't see one that on the Apple website that is like, okay, one USB and then give you two USB on the other side. Because, like, I, I could have sworn they had one of those specifically for when they were selling the, the little MacBook computer like you have because it had only one USB-C port. And so they sold this thing so that you could plug in uh, – you know, like head headphones or something else, you know, USB-C, and then also charge it at the same time. Yeah. And I just don't see anything. I mean, it wasn't under adapters. Maybe they've got one under cables. I don't know. You know, I I kind of question uh, the craziness of Apple getting rid of all the ports on the computer down to one port. Right. Well, a lot of people did, and that's why they've come back. I mean, the new pros put ports back on the side of the computer. You know, I'm going to take a break, Todd. I'll be back in just a minute. All right. Yeah, a lot of um, I'm going to keep talking. A lot of the uh, uh, complaints about that, especially at the pro end, is like, why do I want to carry a, you know, box full of connectors and dongles and stuff in order to to make my computer do what I need it to do? Um, And so the pro new pro phone or new pro uh, laptops brought a lot of that back the air is still uh has fewer um ports i think it's got two which is what it's had for a while right um if i look at their technical specs here so let me look at the macbook air like the new one oh come on let me let me look at it uh it's got two ports on the side technical specs there we go and uh you know, and that's probably enough as long as you can charge it. But the thing that they did that I also liked that they brought back was MagSafe. So you can, you know, use the MagSafe adapter to charge because a lot of times that's the only thing you've got plugged in. And it has literally saved computers from flying off of desks, you know, worldwide for years. And so MagSafe, I think, made a huge change. And if they, you know, one USB port and a MagSafe adapter, and I would probably be happy with most laptops these days. Um, you know, but the fact that they have two USB slash USB fours, so they're Thunderbolt USB fours, and a MagSafe makes a lot of sense. So I'm back. So I was just saying that the you know the the thing that um, I think makes one port sort of viable on computers now, uh, or at least on the Macs, is that they went back to MagSafe. So you know, if you've got a MagSafe yeah. for your power, then you've got one port to do whatever kind of I/O or things that you need as a dongle. And then on the pros, they not only did that, they also brought back, like, SD card slots and, and, you know, just made it a more usable device. Right. And so. Anyway, uh, Apple has to go try everything, but they they tend to go almost to an extreme sometimes. Yeah. Well, I mean, I know Johnny Ive was the one who, who got blamed for it. But, um, you know, I don't know whether it was him or, or, you know, who else. But, yeah, they were on a mission to remove uh, ports and holes in the sides of their machines that obviously just went too far. And they were literally getting complaints from, 
users all over the place. But now they've got an SDXC port, uh, a Thunderbolt port, an HDI port on one side of the Pros, and the other side has your MagSafe, two more USB-C slash Thunderbolt 4s, and a headphone jack on the other side. And so now it's a very usable computer for people who, yeah. who you know, need to interface with cameras or well, you know, video. Well, unfortunately, or... I, I happened to buy the little PC that they came out that was real cute. Yeah. The MacBook, yeah. The MacBook, yeah. Uh, did I say PC? Yeah, mm-hmm. I did, didn't I? Anyway, the little MacBook. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, the MacBook it, with it, no, no additional name. It has naming. two holes. It does have a speaker on there. You know, a mm-hmm. uh, regular old round speaker one, but I don't use those anymore either. Yeah. I, I'm, uh, unfortunately, I can't use my uh, uh, hearing aids too well with iOS. I'm sorry, I can use it with iOS, but I can't use it with OS. Mac OS. Yeah, Mac OS. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, well, I remember because... when you got that computer and you loved it. Because it was just so small and so handy, but as as you've gotten older, you've found that the small screen is actually a, a negative instead of a positive, yeah. and uh, and and it's always been handicapped. Now you were lucky that you never had any issues with your keyboard, but that was the other thing that just was, you know, in that st- striving to make things smaller and lighter and with less holes in them. Apple during that period of time had created the butterfly mechanism for their keyboards, and those failed in, in yeah, much larger the, numbers than the uh, standard yeah, the, keyboards. The, the absolute only reason that I use computers anymore is that I still buy a few things on DVDs and CDs, and mm-hmm. I, I rip them on the computer. Yeah. So that's that hardly makes buying anything else uh, uh, reasonable, you know, just for that function. Yeah. Everything else I've done uh, is transferred onto the iPad. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I um for a long time anytime I traveled or anything I'd make sure I brought my laptop with me and uh um and then I started bringing my iPad with it and obviously my phone. And at some point I finally just said, you know, I can just do this with my iPad and my phone. I don't really need the laptop and it's significantly heavier and and bulkier to carry around with me. And so mm-hmm. yeah, my laptop now sits on a desk and I do have a Mac mini that I use here in my office that I use for production. And I've got a big giant screen attached to it, so um, I use that for recording this show and for doing other things. You know, I, I, when I want to work on it, but I go to this spot to do that. The vast majority of my uh, computing, otherwise, is with my phone or my um, or my iPad. You know, yeah, I use well, the iPad for a lot of stuff. I still have my my Mac Mini sitting on this table in here with a about a twenty five inch display, mm-hmm. and uh, haven't I don't think I've used it in over a year. Yeah. It yeah. just sits there, you know. I, well, I couldn't upgrade the OS anymore. That was the other issue. The, right? The yeah, yours was what, a, like a 2014 Mac Mini or something like that. Something like, like that. 2014, 2012. Yeah, I have the most recent Mac Mini that has Intel chips in it, and it's fully loaded. It's 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 every every the, the high end of everything you can put in it, and they still sell that one. That one is yeah. ironically still on the Mac website. It's uh, one of two Macs that you can still buy that have an Intel processor in them. It's the high-end Mac Mini and the Mac Pro. And I suspect huh. that the high-end Mac Mini is still available in uh, with an Intel chip in it because there's probably a bunch of places that are still using those as servers, and they're probably using a lot of custom software that has not been ported over to work on um, the Intel or the, the uh, Apple uh, 
chips yet. Um, yeah. And I know that the Apple chips will, will, you know, run it in emulation mode. But uh, I know there were also a few things that didn't run well in emulation mode. And custom software is much more likely to have a problem with that than, than something like Word or Excel or Photoshop or, you know. Well, we're both still M1-less. We are. We are M1, sans M1s. So, um, <laughs> That's well over a year. Can you yeah. believe, Todd? Well, yeah. We're getting to be antiques. Yeah. Well, you know, I the the M1 that I wanted was I I figured that they would get rid of the Intel uh mini and that they would have the M1 and then the M1 Pro in the mini and then when they came out with the studio, I figured they would have the M1 Pro and the M1 uh uh Max in the studio. And what they did is they went M1 Max and M1 Ultra in the studio, and they never came out with an M1 Pro in anything but a laptop. And uh, uh, Mm -hmm. I don't think I had told you, but I actually bought an M1 Mini and had it for uh, about a week and a half, and then they announced the Ultras, and I returned the M1 Mini. I just went, you know, this this isn't quite what I wanted, And, Mm -hmm. and now the Ultra is what I wanted, but the Ultra was more expensive, and and had it been available right when I did that, I might have sprung for an Ultra. But mm-hmm. they were quickly, the ship time was like two and a half months out. And mm. so I just did nothing. And yeah. so, uh, and, and in the meantime, I went back to using my, my Intel-based Mac Mini. And I'm going, everything works here just fine. I don't, yep. you know, it's, it's, <laughs> there's, it's literally doing everything I need it to do. I can't, you know, is there really a reason for me to move to an Intel or a, a, an Apple Silicon based machine? And, and the honest answer was no, nope, there really wasn't. Yep. And I used it, you know, like I said, for about a week and a half and it was like, okay. And on top of that, one piece of software that I, that I use all the time, uh, is call recorder, which is what I use to record this show when we're, when we're talking. Mm-hmm. And call recorder not only didn't work in native mode, but they also said we're not going to rewrite it for native mode. It's going to stay in Intel mode and run an emulation. And I went, huh? Okay. Oh now, boy. Doesn't mean that there's not alternatives out there, and maybe they've come back and changed their mind at some point. But, um, but you know, I, I having used the other one, it, it was fast. It was faster. You know, when you clicked on something, it launched more quickly. But yeah. Other than save me a few seconds when I clicked on something, I didn't see a huge advantage for me the way I use my device. And so I just said, well, you know, it's going back and uh, and I'll think about it. You know, it's not like I'm not going to buy other Apple products at some point, but, you know, yeah. that just didn't seem like the right buy. So and anyway, even with all the nice upgrades to the 14, there's always the dreamers out there who said, man, we got to improve some other things. You sent me an article that's got mm-hmm. six of them. Yeah, yeah. You know, I just thought it was interesting that somebody was sort of saying, hey, there's a counterpoint. Yeah. Yeah, well, a uh, bigger battery, I mean, that could be forever, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> not, not bigger in terms of size, just more powerful, right? Yeah, I didn't necessarily um, agree with the, with the guy. Um, but I thought it was interesting that, that he, he pointed out that, that there were things I'm trying to find the articles I've got in front of me, but yeah, bigger battery. Well, duh. Um, you know, yeah, (laughs) we, we want a bigger battery. We, you know, and, and my answer would be, that's actually the wrong way to phrase that. I don't care how big the battery is. I want longer battery life. 
right? Yeah. Physically, the size of the battery is irrelevant. <laughs> I don't care if it's the smallest battery ever in an iPhone. I just want it to run longer. Anyway, and, and the next thing he mentions is the, the uh, uh, ability of the iPhone to get raw, pro raw images uh, uh, with 46 million pixels. And uh, uh, that's not enough because other cameras that have that capability have more. So, I, I, mm-hmm. <laughs> so it doesn't it doesn't lead the pack. In other words, yeah, I don't care if it leads the. That's another one where it's like I don't care if it leads the pack in a spec. You know, more pixels. I being a photographer, I get that more pixels can be better, but more pixels can also be much worse. Um, so I don't care about the spec of more pixels. What I care about is better quality images. Yeah, in fact, that was a big thing back in the early days of the pixel camera. There were different shapes of pixels and stuff, and people sure. made sales points about their product regardless yeah. of whether it really was better. You know? Yeah, yeah. Well, there's one company that still does that. Uh, Fuji uh, creates their own um, um, uh, sensors. Fujifilm? Yeah, and their their pixels are a different shape than everybody else's, and their cameras are quite good, and they, they do things just a little different. You know, more power yeah. to them, but they make their own, you know? Um, whereas, like, Nikon uses Sony sensors, and obviously Sony does, and I think Canon does their own, but, um, you know, it's... It, but it, you know, when you've got very few pixels trying to compete with film then the number of pixels meant something. But as time has gone by, the number of pixels has meant less and less, you know? Yeah. yeah. And so, you know, Samsung uh, ran a kind of snarky ad about, well, you know, hey, you've got 48 pixels now. Good for you. We've had 106 for, you know, however however many they have. It's probably not 106, but it's over 100 um, for, you know, three years now. And I'm like, yeah, I don't care. How good are your photos? I mean... You know, yeah. that that's the bottom line. And they're good photos. I'm not knocking them. Most of the Samsung photos are pretty good. But yeah, well, you know, notice most it, of the competition between the best cameras in phones now are between Google Pixel phones and and uh, and Apple. They You don't hear people do a lot of comparisons to Samsung anymore. And it's yeah. not that Samsung isn't good, but I don't know that they're the best example of cameras on the um, on Android. I think Google has surpassed them. Yeah. Any, anyway, other than just what I call complaining, uh, I had to get down to five before I got something that got my attention. Give me a USB-C already, Apple. That I, I agree with. I, I would like to do that. Yep, I agree. I think that's something that they need to do. And if for no other reason than something Gruber pointed out, that if you take uh, uh, if you're shooting uh, 4K video, or if you're shooting uh, 48 megapixel raw images, right now the lightning connector is USB 2 speeds. You can grow old waiting for those photos to download. And that's even connected, much less over wireless. Yeah. So, you know, why on earth aren't they giving me a faster interface by putting a USB-C connector in there? And then it could be Thunderbolt. You know, it could be 40 yeah, megabytes yeah, a I, second. I, I don't get it. I, I, in fact, you see, just seeing that alone it makes me think that even if i got charged up just a few minutes ago about the nice new features and it made me think about maybe upgrading yeah this turned it off for me you know it's that important yeah i mean 
it's it's not absolutely, but it's just there's my iPad's been USB-C for a long time. <laughs> uh, yeah. In fact, the iPad that I'm about to trade in is USB-C, and the one before that was. So, anyway, and the last one, folding phone. Well, I like the idea of smaller and lighter and all of that, but I think that the, there's obviously something lost when you when you try to make a flexible, you know, uh, picture or surface that you that you can see, you know, with all the nice features that they have on the phone. Uh-huh. So it's they're making the right trade-offs. That's it's, folding the phone isn't such great importance. Uh, I just don't like big phones either. But right. If you, if you if you could do the folding phone and get twice the size and smaller and lighter case, that would be nice. You mm-hmm. know, it's a nice to have, but not a, a big big deal. Not as important, I don't think, as getting better throughput and all that. Yeah. Yeah, that's the one knock, and I'm sure Apple's going to say, well, you know, with these faster 5G phones and decent Wi-Fi, you, you, you're not going to plug anything in anyway, so essentially that's just a power source, so why change it, you know? Yeah. And I, I can't really argue that other than, you know, I haven't shot any any 4K video or, uh, t- or, or tried to download a 48 megapixel image off of an iPhone, um, so I don't know how how difficult that's going to be but quite honestly even on my iphone 11 pro i can't remember the last time i plugged it in to download a photo i take the pictures and then they all go up to the cloud that's right that's right they, the the interface exchange is the cloud now right yeah and so so the argument for USB-C is kind of weak because all we're talking about is how we charge it and to that end i almost always charge it wirelessly now I set it on a on a charger when I'm not using it. The only time that I don't do that is when it's uh, plugged in for CarPlay in my car because I don't have wireless CarPlay. Yeah, well, I always plug it into the car because I need it to connect to my uh, CarPlay, my display, right? Yeah, CarPlay. Yeah. And and uh, but other than that, in the house, I don't I don't like wireless charging. I I always just stick it on the connector at night, and uh-huh. it's it's on a a, a device. That holds my uh, wireless charging, uh, but I don't use the wireless part of it. I just use the push it down on the on the thing. And I guess it's because I never know how long I'm going to be before I want to pick it up and go somewhere. You know? Right. So you want the most amount of charge you can get. Well, it doesn't matter whether you use wireless or wired charging. The OS now does a battery save feature where it tries to learn your patterns, and it'll charge it up to about 80% as fast as it can, and then it'll sit at 80% until like an hour before you wake up and then do the last 20%. Hmm. And that's that's built into the the thing, and that's part part of it is to extend battery life. Oh. I don't know if you can turn that off or not. I've not tried. But, um, you know, if you throw it off by getting up an hour or two earlier than you normally do, that yeah. you, you might not have a fully charged battery, um, which is just something to be aware. And, of course, when are the times that you might get up earlier than you normally do? It's like when you're getting up early to go catch a flight, right? <laughs> you're not going to be able to charge right. your phone. <laughs> well, I'm not. 
I'm, I'm not ever getting up to go take a flight again anymore. Yeah, that's yeah, but, for me. Yeah, but I'm just saying, you know, one of the reasons that people would get up early is because they've got to go do something, and very often right. that do something is not going to be where they can be charging their phone. Although yeah. you might be going to that place or do something in a car where you would then plug it in and charge it, right? That's so, right. That's right. So, and it would recognize that you're up and then fully try to charge it then. So, like, even if you know I were going really to You know what's really funny is uh, since I have the uh, CarPlay uh, in my car, mm-hmm. if my if your mom, she takes the car out of the garage, it, th- it attaches it already to my phone until it gets out of distance. And then it says, you know, it tells me it's turned off, no, no CarPlay. <laughs> so, so you have a wireless CarPlay in your car? Well, it's when you connect to it, it's either wireless or plug-in. Uh-huh. Well, obviously, yours is connecting wirelessly. I was not yes. aware of that. Some cars oh. have wireless CarPlay in them, but um, but most of them still require that you be plugged in, so there's no way that could happen because it requires that it be plugged into your car. Well, uh, wirelessly, I'm not sure the map system works. Oh, so you're talking about it, it connects Bluetooth. So your phone connects Bluetooth connects when Bluetooth. the car starts now, up. I can... And and I like that because sometimes I know I'm not going to be gone, you know, uh, just a short trip. I don't bother to plug it in, and I can call mom from wherever I am via Wi-Fi. Right. But yeah. I, I I haven't tried it with the maps, but I don't think it works. Right. In my because of the bandwidth required, you know. Well, that that means that you probably don't have wireless CarPlay in your car. You have Bluetooth, and then you have CarPlay. And that's what I have in my car, and mine does the same thing. It'll attach. If I have it attached via the CarPlay, then it ignores the Bluetooth. But if I don't have it attached via CarPlay, then my phone attaches via Bluetooth, and then that's just audio. But there is wireless CarPlay where it will work with the maps and everything wirelessly between the two devices. Oh, maybe I should try the maps sometime. Yeah. When it's connected by Wi-Fi, just to see if it works. Yeah, well, that'll tell you whether or not you have wireless CarPlay. I think what they do there is they do Bluetooth, that do the handshake, and then they hand it off to an actual Wi-Fi connection, a point-to-point Wi-Fi between the CarPlay unit and the phone in order to get enough bandwidth to drive maps and stuff. Yeah, yeah, I, I, it just never occurred to me. I just it's just whether I feel like plugging it in a lot of that I'll use it, right. although. When you live close to a large city, because of tra- you know, if I'm going out anytime there's traffic, then I'll always plug it in just because I want to know, yeah, if, you know where the traffic is bad. Yeah, yeah. No, I've got a. I actually made a shortcut on my phone uh, so that I can say, "Hey, Shlomo, I'm headed home," and it will launch the maps, get an ETA on how long it's going to take me to go home. Send an email e- and uh, uh, send an iMessage to my wife saying my ETA is letting her know when I'm going to get there, uh, based on traffic, and mm. so then I and I can then see the map and see how long it's going to take me to get there, and I don't and yeah. it does all that for me automatically. So I just plug it into the when I set it down in the car and then say hey you know hey sh- hey Shmiro, uh I'm on my way home. Yeah, that, that's a cool shortcut. Yeah, I like that one. I can also trigger it. I've got a little um, uh, NFC sticker that I bought. You can yeah. buy a package of them online, like 10 of them for you know a couple bucks. Anyway, yeah. I stuck one of those on the side of the little holder that I put my phone into. Excuse me. And so I can also just touch my phone to that. And I don't have to say anything. And, it, and it'll also initiate the shortcut. Huh. Well, I, you have to press the photo thing so you get the camera on. No. 
No, because I'm not using it's not it's an NFC sticker. It's radio. It's not the oh the, oh uh, radio. Not the I QR code. It's just the NFC sticker. So I just literally touch my phone to it and it triggers it and launches the oh. shortcut. So. Yeah, I played around with shortcuts for a while. I didn't get super deep into them, but uh, for certain things, that's just really handy. And I just thought that'd be a fun one to make, and so I did because it's when, especially when I'm coaching and uh, during swim season, uh, during high school swim season, when I'm leaving, you know, it's sort of the tail end of the traffic from coming home from work. I'm leaving around six fifteen, six thirty, and so it's usually the traffic is starting to taper off. But sometimes there's been an accident. There's a huge backup, and what's normally a you know twenty five minute drive could turn into an hour and a half drive. So yeah. I always want to know that, and I've only got one route to get home because there's there's a. I know. You know, unless I literally go 60 miles out of my way to drive around, I'm stuck. If you could get somebody just to cut a road straight across for you, man, you'd save a bundle. It would be, (laughs) well, it would be really nice if there was just an option, you know. I mean, the the problem is, is that the only way to go from Orange County to Riverside County uh, from where I live is the 91 freeway. And there's no side streets. There's nothing that goes through there. Well, that's, that's because of the mountains. It, yeah, there's a choke point, and, and there's one road that goes through that valley. And, and if there's an accident on that road, you're not getting home for a while. And the, right. the, the workaround, I can go south and take the, uh, the road that it's takes fine. me over to, to uh, Lake Elsinore, and that would be a two-hour drive. Or I can go way further west and then go north and go up to like the 60 and go around. And yeah, the long the long cuts, right? Yeah, and and <laughs> that is on a good day, assuming there's no accidents in that direction. Uh, you know, uh, ninety minutes. You live you live right near the worst traffic in the country, I think. Yeah, I mean, and the, and it's just it's terrible because of the the geography makes it a choke point, and there's no alternative. So there's one road. Anything happens yep. on that road, you're basically just out of luck. So California needs more roads. <laughs> yeah. Needs needs less people, which apparently is happening. You uh, yeah. sent me something saying that California's population went down for the first time ever, right? Uh, yeah, in twenty twenty one, it's kind of an outbound trend. Yeah, but, well, I mean, you can't keep growing forever and ever well, and ever. And, and, and I know. think the, uh, there's, there's several other motivating factors. You know, that yeah. it's kind of scary for those people who are not getting fire services and losing homes and and all of this. Yeah. Uh, and jobs. Because well, and we've we've grown a population that can't be sustained with the amount of water that's available to live in this desert. You know, yeah. so um, the other thing though is that you know they're they're counting based on the census, and I know they do their best to count everybody in the census, but there's lots of people here who are illegal and don't talk to the census at all. So yeah. I'm not convinced that those numbers are accurate. But uh, you know, same thing happens in all the border states along the South, in that you know, you know, New Mexico, Arizona, and Texas. There's a lot of people who, who some guy comes knocking on your door saying, we're here to count you. <laughs> you don't answer the door. Yeah. You know? I, uh, another thing about, you know, kind of knowing what's going on in your area, I just sent a message to Heidi, and that is that uh, there's a lot of shoreline that's, that's uh, moving inland uh, officially here in, uh, on the East Coast. Mm-hmm. They don't make a big deal out of it because people don't want people to panic. But the fact is, is that if you have shore property... You can't hardly sell it anymore because uh, it's getting flooded for whatever reason. For you whatever know, reason, the, the 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 poles are melting. That's the reason. That, that's right. They they've warned about this for some time. Yeah. You know, until it happens, 
you know. Yeah, and, but and you, you live on some of those coastal to, islands, and, out, you know. You know the whole state of Florida is, is you know, got an altitude of three feet. So, you know, there's yeah. – it's going yeah, to we, affect we us. May, we may see uh, – you know, I don't know how – I think this is way past my lifetime, but you may see Florida be nothing but a little needle, you know, eventually. You never know. Yeah. And, and I mean, and the fact is, is that uh, this, is, this is ancient history. The, the continents move and things change all the time. The, uh, yeah, the well, big... it's not we we're we're you know very U.S. centric in our thinking, but there's lots of uh, other oh, places. In fact, yeah, there's a couple. What was it? I can't think of the name. Of, was it Tuvalu or something like that? One of yeah. the island nations. It's small small country, and they're basically like talking to their neighbors about, hey, can we buy a couple of your islands that are taller because our country is disappearing? Yeah, you know. By the way, the article I sent to your sister. Uh, basically said that the problem is, and I sent it to her because they're going to be retiring and moving somewhere in the East Coast. And I, uh, it pointed out that uh, it's not like the West Coast, which, if anything, is actually rising, but the East Coast is settling down. It's These areas that are flooding, the land is going down in addition to the water rising. So Right. Uh, yeah, it's uh, a double, a double yeah. whammy. So, uh, you know... Uh, I, I know that she's uh, married to a guy who has a boat that he wants to use. So, you know, <laughs> I just want him to be aware of what. Better better get a houseboat. <laughs> yeah, yeah that, that would be a, a solution, you know. Yeah. So, anyway, it's all these considerations that you need to know about when you move places. I feel real good about where we are. Uh, Real good, uh, especially because of my nuclear power plant. Yeah, yeah, you've talked about that before. So you're going to have yeah. abundant, inexpensive power, and you're inland far enough that uh, you're not going to flood. And and hurricanes have gotten here before. But yeah, they're pretty they're pretty worn down by then. Yeah, lots but, of wind uh, and rain, but nothing too terribly destructive. And and everything on the other side of the mountains, which are you know maybe two hours west of us. Uh, it can get really nasty, you know, like the floods in Kentucky, and, mm -hmm. uh, just all kinds of stuff happening over there. Yeah. Uh, so I've always makes, thought, you know, where you, I mean, you're near Charlotte. I always thought that the area up by Asheville looked beautiful to me. Um, it's a little, little higher up. It's a little more mountainous. Did you say Aspen? Asheville. Oh, Asheville. You know, oh well, let me let me tell you the downer there. But they they are being at higher altitude, they're going to get more harsh winters. It, it's the highest crime area in North Carolina. Really? You want to move there now? Wow, that's right. Wow. Yep. So that must make it like uh, comparatively speaking to California, uh, a peaceful, easy place to live. It's it's nowhere <laughs> as big as or even comparable to Charlotte. Mm -hmm. It's a small, fairly yeah. small town. Yeah, in terms they of have population, all kinds of bad things going on. People going out of business over there because the law enforcement people aren't doing their job. They, the attorney is like the one guy in California. He won't send people to jail. You know. I don't know. Plenty of people. So there's no jail. deterrent. You know. It's, but, it's, yeah. It's absolutely crazy. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, uh, the, the, the island, by the way, is Tuvalu, the one I was thinking of. They have 11,000 residents on nine islands, and the highest elevation point is roughly 15 feet. And yeah. thanks to the sea level rising over the last few years, their their uh, arable land has been shrinking, and uh, 
they are in trouble of not having a country anymore because it's going to submerge. Sri Lanka? Is that what you said? Tuvalu. The country of Tuvalu. Oh, don't know about that one. Yeah. That one's, they've been in the news because, again, there's only 11,000 people in the country, but there's nine islands. And, you know, when, you're, when your highest point of land is 15 feet yeah. uh, above yeah. sea level, you're in trouble when the water starts coming up. That's right. And so, uh, so you know, they've been he, – he's been the, – the, their president uh, has been – or prime minister. I'm not sure how they work it, but uh, has been – working real hard to a make other people aware of it and b see if they can perhaps buy some some islands in the not too you know not too far away from that are part of other countries if they can annex them and and move people to higher ground mm-hmm. you know cuz what do you do i mean you know it's like like the people in florida we were talking about the possible you know direction that things are going there well what what happens to people who live in florida when everything goes yeah. underwater, they got to move somewhere. Yeah. You know? And, and, you know, there's been a big trend though for years going on where basically if you live in New York or New Jersey or one of those states up, up in that vicinity, uh, the good chance you're going to go to Florida retirement. Yeah. That's been a, a, a migration for years is the, the, yeah. The highly populated Northeast people say, you know what, let's move somewhere where we don't have well, to walk and, through snow. And, and it's accelerated in this last few years. People are going down there. And I'm yeah. thinking, man, that, that's not the place I would ever go. Yeah. <laughs> number, yeah. Number, number one, it's absolutely horrible in the summertime. It's not like California. It's hot. Oh, yeah. Well, California is hotter, but, but there's no well, humidity here. Generally speaking, yeah. this year we've had humidity. There, it's yeah. hot and it's got tons of humidity. Yeah. Um, and and it's hurricane central and and they've got sinkholes. Yep, <laughs> they, I got it all, man. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> hey, let's go there. Uh, yeah, well, not the place I would want to go. It's fun to visit, there's, though. There's, I still have lots of friends who think that's that'd be great yeah. to go down there. Yeah, yeah it's fun to visit, so. but yeah, you know, it's, or or they have second properties. They have, uh, you know, basically. Uh, Winter property, so when it gets too cold here, they right. move to Florida. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's kind of what my uh, uh, eventually to be in laws are have done. They've got uh, a place there in Charlotte, and then they've got a place in Florida, and they go down to Florida when it's cold. Yeah. So, well, a long time ago, my mom and dad even bought a place in Florida. Yeah, I think they went. I went down there one time, and then then they went. And uh, then dad passed away, and then mom sold it, mm-hmm. you know. But they had a place on a canal. Uh-huh. Yeah, a lot so, of places down there are on canals. So. so you can have a boat and get out to the ocean if you want, but... Uh, yeah. Well, they were they were near Tampa, you know, on the uh-huh. Mediterranean side. So yeah. Didn't get That's the hurricane, the, full force. The, the Gulf side, not the Mediterranean side. The what? You said the Mediterranean side. Mediterranean's oh, on the other Caribbean. side of the planet. <laughs> yeah, it's the Gulf side. But uh, I yeah. know what you meant. But the, um, yeah. No, I didn't know that. It's the first I'd ever heard of that, I think, that they had had oh, property right? down there for a while. Well, obviously, they didn't keep it very long. And when they sold it, I, I mean, when, when your dad passed away, I was, what, kindergarten? Yeah, well, first I, grade. I don't know if they had a good harvest that year or what, but they mm-hmm. decided to put some money into a place. Got a good yeah. deal. This was dirt back before there was a lot of development 
Florida, or it was starting at least, you know. Right. And it sure sounded good for somebody from the Midwest where the winters really were bad. Yeah. You had a real good reason for wanting to get out of town for the winter, you know. Sure. Besides, Dad couldn't work in the wintertime anyway, you know. Yeah, so you might as well be somewhere nice and comfortable, right? Right. So. So it made a lot of sense, but it just didn't turn out like it might have. Mm-hmm. When you when you die at fifty four years of age, you know you're not really in retirement mode yet. Right. Yeah. He was prepping for it. Yep. But not there. Yep. Yep. Well, did we talk anyway, through what we were gonna what we we're gonna talk to on tech? Are we ready to wrap this thing up? Was there anything else interesting? I, I think so. You had a experts three trends in software development worth following. We didn't talk about that. Well, it doesn't really fit in with the rest of the stuff we talked about. I I just am always one that kind of likes to sort of know what's going on. But, right. You know. Yeah. You might want to read it. Yeah. Well, if you and the thing is, is that you know, if you you're looking at what's happening in 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 you know the development end of things and in directions that can kind of you can kind of read the tea leaves from there. It gives you some some stuff. That's that, why. That's right. These, you know, these are just tools for building all of the yeah. technology. But you used to but get the was it, electric to, electrical engineering times, and right. so you would sometimes have lots of heads up on what was happening in hardware development that maybe you know you wouldn't see in the typical computer magazines because this wasn't yeah. ready for prime time yet. And so there was one of the three trends that that I had experienced back when I was saying. So I don't know why it's considered maybe a new trend, but it's what they call low-level versus high-level mm-hmm. uh, software. Well, I, I always saw it as three levels of software. Right. Uh, microcode back when I had it, or assembly language, or a high-level language. Right. You know? uh, they just kept it in kind of two categories and talked generally. So Yeah, they talk about low-code and high-code skills. Yeah. You know. But uh, And didn't really define it, so I thought it was... No, that part of it wasn't well written. Right. Yeah. Well, in these days, they break up development into you know interface design is a skill set separate from writing the the code that yeah. makes the the software do whatever it is you want it to do. Yeah. Well, and well the both other, of those the, have to the work. other two parts were were related to. Uh, uh, and, um, dang, I forgot the word now. Uh, ML spatial computing, and then uh, they talk about. ML meaning machine learning ops and AI. Uh, machine lear- learning, you know, right. artificial intelligence kinds of stuff. You yeah. Know? Yeah. So, anyway. Yeah, and that's, you know, if you're in, especially if you're interested in going into, uh, you know, a tech type of job at some point, these are areas that you probably need well, to be aware of to think about, like, well, where's the career moves going to be? And certainly, oh, yeah, young, young people need to know these kinds of things. Certainly, this, yeah, artificial intelligence. There are more jobs learning. on the software side of things typically than there are in the hardware. Yeah. You know, and if so. That, that's yeah. why it's kind of worth Yeah. Well, and then the other category about. they talk about is what they call spatial computing, and this has to do with um, making your application spatially aware, um, especially right. for things like augmented reality. And so, you know, that has a lot to do. That's kind of a hardware slash software thing because that means that there's a lot of sensors that are different than sensors we've had in the past that you then have to, you know, take that information and find a way to display it that makes sense to the human on the other end, right? So you're ta- it's data management, basically, but there's just a lot of, of physical sensors 
in order to, you know, this has to do with like uh, self-driving cars and, and, uh, and those kinds sure. of things. And so that, that's another area that, you know, I don't know, you, you, reading this, it's like nothing he's saying here is, or she, I don't know who wrote the article, but nothing the author is saying here is like, uh, it was, it is a she, Stephanie Glenn, um, is like groundbreaking stuff. Everything here is like, well, if you think about it, if you just look at the trends, these are pretty obvious. This yeah, well, I I I, uh, I put the article in there just as a jogger right. uh, of something to talk about. But basically, you could have taken each one of these and and written uh, an article twice as long. Oh, sure. as what he has written she, uh, in order to provide adequate uh, understanding of what's going on. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. No, this is just so. sort of pointing out here's three areas that are going to see continued growth in in development and need people to right. to work in these areas. So if at you're the trendy a, at the trendy level. Right. We well, say. yeah. If you're if you're a, a, a new <laughs> IT or new computer, uh, you know, in, a software engineer or something, you know, what area do you want to work in? What area is interesting? And she said, "This is the these are the three that are the biggest growth areas right now." You know. By, by the way, and one of these articles, I think it was the first one that I put in here under yours. There was an article in there that seemed to imply that somewhere in the past that Apple actually put out a plastic phone. And I don't think they ever did. No, they did. They, they did at one time? Yeah. It was okay. the iPhone 5C. Yeah, I, I was going to bring, I wanted to see what you thought about that because I didn't remember it. Yeah, I remember it. I had an iPhone 5 and they brought out the iPhone 5C at the same time that they brought out the iPhone 5S. And I had. How the, did Johnny allow that? Well, I don't know, but I, I was. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I had a uh, five, and so I didn't upgrade to the. And I would have gone to the S anyway, not the C. But you know, it basically had the guts of like a, a five. It was a hybrid between the five and the five S, basically. So it was sort of like their their. Um, in fact, I guess it was the first time they really had like a a low-end phone in in addition to then what we're now calling the pro phone, right? And, uh, yeah, it was less expensive. It came in bright colors. Yeah, well, so, of course. You know, so it was like bright blue, bright green, bright yellow, bright pink. And I, I think uh, that's where it came up. There was an article that discussed colors. Right, yeah. That Gruber, I think, mentioned it in his article in Daring Fireball. And it was the, uh, and then it was replaced by the iPhone SE first generation, uh, you know, which was the same form factor. But uh, the idea was that it, A, it was less expensive and, you know, the plastic case allowed it to uh, be, um, you know, didn't block any radio signals or anything coming out of it. Um, it didn't have the sense of refinement and stuff that the aluminum and, you know, Johnny saying aluminium just makes everybody's hearts melt, right? Aluminium, um, right, right. right. And uh, <laughs> you know, it was it was uh, an okay phone. I never had one. I held one in my hand at a store one time and went, "Yeah, this is not the phone I would ever buy." And it wasn't because it was a bad phone. It was just basically an iPhone five, and I already had an iPhone five. So if I were going to upgrade, it would have been to the iPhone five S. And I didn't do it. So I didn't upgrade until the iPhone 6 came out. And that's when they changed form factor completely. They went to the rounded edges instead of the camfered flat sides. Mm -hmm. And they also had the first Max phone. And so my first iPhone 6 was the Max. So I went from the 5 to the ginormous iPhone 6. 
Um, you know, that was a that was one of those big leaps. That was sort of like the leap from from uh, touch to face ID, like the uh, ten was. You know, it's like, yeah. oh my goodness, this is a totally different thing. By the way, I don't think uh, mom's phone. I, I think she's got the seven, and I don't um, think it upgraded to the sixteen. Um, I was sixteen. I think I, that I, was. The, I, I think that to, was. I went yeah. to upgrade it, and it upgraded to fifteen something. Yeah, fifteen was. seven was one they pushed out recently that had a. Um, there was like a, a in the wild uh, problem, and that they fixed. And that came yeah. out like the same time as iPhones as iOS sixteen, and so older phones you had the option of doing either uh, if if they supported it, but the oldest phones obviously they didn't. Um, yeah, I don't think. Uh, I don't think that it does. I think uh, eight and above. Yeah, I, I hadn't thought about that, but she's not complaining about the phone, so I don't think we're going to do anything. Well, I told you a while ago that if if her phone, if she's having battery issues or anything, like that, she should get the SE. That's basically the same as the uh, iPhone 13 inside, but it looks mm-hmm. exactly like the phone she has right now. Same form factor, same size, everything. And that would then last her with software updates and bug fixes for another six, seven years. Yeah, it's got a better processor and other things. Yeah, yeah. It's the same as the iPhone 13's processor and everything. It's just it looks exactly like the phone she has now. And so I would seriously consider getting that because, you know, the battery's got to be getting bad on hers. And this way she has a phone that will be able to be upgraded and bug fixed and everything for, you know. They'll, they'll for a couple more months anyway. Yeah. No, they're going to support that for a couple of years. <laughs> I mean, they're not going to cut out iPhone 16 processors. Yeah. You know? So. Let's see. Anyway. Yeah. Well, I think... iPhone 8 is the oldest phone that iOS 16 will run on. Yeah. But it will run on that that new SX, the iPhone SE second generation. Or third generation, I'm sorry. The third generation, which is the same as the iPhone 13s. They they just call it generations. It's still yeah. SE. Basically, it's I, right? yeah iPhone SE is what it is, and uh, yeah, I, I would like I said I would very seriously consider that for her just because it would give her hardware that's going to remain viable for a long time, and it's probably going to be the last generation that still has the button, and that's what she wants. We keep getting uh, uh, Verizon messages wanting us to upgrade since we have our phone service with them. Yeah. And uh, I told Mom, I said, you know, I, I don't know if they offer the uh, straight across three uh, percent discount that Apple has and the zero percent interest. So you all just right. well finance it over a year, use that money. Right. Uh, uh, you know, they they their way of doing it is they throw in other phone company things, you know, uh, sure. unlimited use and stuff that I probably wouldn't use anyway. Things you don't care about. Yeah. Yeah. yeah T- T-Mobile does that. I'm on a T-Mobile and they, they were like, you know, if you upgrade through us, we'll give you free, you know, uh, uh, Netflix account. And it's like, well, I already got a Netflix account. And, you know, I'm like, Oh I, yeah. One I heard on the radio was, uh, they want to give you some uh, music. Uh, I don't know whose music, but I've yeah. got more music. I don't know what to do with already. Yeah, I think it was Apple Music for three months. It was like, eh. Is that what it, yeah, maybe it is. Yeah. It's like, depends on who you're selling to, but a lot of that, those things don't, are of little value to me. It makes more sense. I don't sense think mom's to, ever listened to us on you know, the phone. 
put it on your Apple card and uh, and get your three percent cash back and zero interest and. But yeah, yeah. Uh, the the iPhone SE three, the third generation, it's the same as same processor as the iPhone thirteen, which is last year's processor, and it still has the button on the front and uh, and works and looks just like the phone she's got. Yeah. Well, she's kept this phone a long time because we had a uh, uh, one of those battery packs that sticks on the back with the case. Right. Uh, and uh, the case fell apart. Yeah, the the silicone got all soft and gummy. You were telling me about that. Yeah. It looked pretty bad last time I was there. When I was back for her birthday in January, that that thing was looking pretty rad. Yeah, so, that, you know, so she has to charge a little bit more often now. Yeah. iPhone SE 3 right now is 429 Oh, okay. Yeah. And if you do it on the the twenty four month interest free payment plan, it's seventeen dollars and eighty seven cents a month. A month. Okay. Well, I'll just see how the uh, charging is going. I haven't asked her about it in a while. Yeah. See if it... Yeah. Well, the only reason I'm saying that is because before they they drop this phone, which is probably in the spring, rumor is that the that the, uh, the they're going to replace the the this with a Face ID phone. In, in the springtime, probably something similar to what the iPhone 13 mini looks like. And so if you want to get a button phone, this is this is the, probably going to be the last generation that has that. I mean, yeah. it may not be. They may keep a button one around for lots of people who still like the button. But, but uh, what do you think about COVID? You think it's done? The president said it's done. Yeah, and then you look at the statistics, and we're still seeing fifteen hundred people a week dying, and so it's yeah, like and, you, and your brother and Aaron, yeah, and you know? and it hit him pretty hard. Yeah, you know, um, I haven't talked to uh, Tobin was mostly over, and I've not talked to, uh, to I haven't asked about how Aaron is doing. Um, she called. Well, they're on they're on a medication now. Yeah, so yeah, they're doing stuff. the Paxlovid thing that uh, antiviral and. Uh, um, so, you know, hopefully all is going well. Um, but every time I go out anymore now, I think about it because I know a lot of people around here have got it too, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, everybody just said, okay, it's not that bad. And I'm like, well, it's that bad for some people. People are still my, dying. Mom and I were talking about this. We were out to dinner the other day and, mm-hmm. and we're sitting at the table waiting for our food. And we got, got on the subject and said, you know, we most people today didn't grow up the way we did where uh, mom said she played around in chicken coops, and I know I swam in a pond that the cows peed in and pooped in, uh, yeah. and all this kind of stuff. I, we, we sort of think that we got inoculated uh, boost <laughs> to our immune system a long time ago when we were kids, Yeah, and uh, maybe that has something to do with it. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. You know, um, I uh, even in my youth, you know, I mean, I swam in a regular clean pool but well, you know i went out and played in the dirt you know that's you know <laughs> yeah well kids kids don't even do much of that anymore because there's no dirt out there right yeah that's what i'm saying is you know i mean i went outside and played in in wilderness and dirt and you know it I managed to be okay um so, but so you know knows. yeah who knows but I, but but i i do think it's interesting that uh some of the really bad things that i was exposed to young, when i was young and, and i believe that uh, good Lord created us with a, as a child, have this immune system where nobody would ever survive, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you had to have a pretty stout one <laughs> to yeah. come through all this. Yeah. Well, they, you know, the, um, I, I think too, the, the, um, 
if you have some of the the comorbidities, the things that that seem to make it worse, you know, yeah. um, you know, I mean, if you're already of ill health, you know, any kind, of, if you're fighting any kind of disease long term or anything, that that's an issue. They yeah, know, those, those are the worst. They know if you're overweight, that's an issue. If you have diabetes, that's an issue. You know, if you have any of those comorbidities, then you need to be more careful than the average schmo. You know, just yeah. because. Yeah. You know, your your system is weaker to begin with, and so just be aware of it. So, you know, out here, I would say 90% of the people are walking around without masks and stuff, but a few are still wearing masks at the grocery store. Maybe 20% are wearing masks like at the grocery store. I keep masks in the car if I feel like it. I put one on. I don't always. Um, I was, uh, you know, going to a uh, guy that worked on my back because I have back pains from a car accident once a month. And he had a sign up asking, you know, please don't enter without a mask. So I put a mask on because that's what he wanted. Yeah. You know, there's no big deal. I, I was going to say the only place I've seen people in masks uh, since, uh, you know, uh, three or four months ago when I first sort of thought it was over uh, is at the uh, VA, VA clinic hospitals that you, yeah, you can't in go the hospital. in Well, and quite frankly, you know, if you're going into a hospital with a whole bunch of people who are there because they're not feeling well and they want to see a doctor. Yeah. I don't want to yeah. catch that. It probably was would have been smart for us to be yeah. wearing masks in those places since forever. Yeah, <laughs> that's just... right. Sometimes you just make the wrong assessment about those places, but that's where everybody brings their bugs to. Right? Exactly. <laughs> so, you know, I think that, um, you know, that we would have been wise to have maybe uh, been masking up in certain instances well before we ever were. And so... Um, you know, I mean, if I, like I said, I, I keep them with me in the cars. And so if I need them, I'll use them. Um, yeah, I would probably put a mask on going to a hospital, even if they didn't have the sign up saying, but most of them still want you to wear it there because they know yeah. this is the place where all the sick people are. Yeah. <laughs> put your well, mask I, on. I was looking at all these masks laying around in the car and I was thinking, God, I gotta clean this thing out and throw yeah. this crap away. I'm never going to use that again. Yeah. Well, and the problem is, is that, you know, they say use them once and throw them away. And it's like, nobody did that. Never did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. So there's lots of used masks in cars. That, you know, it's like, and you get somewhere, you just grab the first one you see, right? It's like, well, yeah. I'll just take that one. Yeah. So. Well, I'll talk to you next week, Todd. All righty. You have a good one. And we'll start up our closing sounds here. Bye, everybody. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.